badass. It is a rockin' dude. <laughs> oh. I like I like I like when it gets towards the ending. Oh, is it not just a little snippet of it? And that was just all for fun. <laughs> oh. And this is all you? That is all me. And then it's just uh, some pre-programmed drums because I got like a little uh, drum plugin is what it's called for my drum soft uh, recording software. So then I just picked a drum beat I want and then put it on there. So I originally made that as just a way to practice my mixing and recording process. That's so cool, that was man. just all for fun. Wow. Um, all right. Welcome back to another episode of On the Throne with Dick. And, uh, you know, that that intro music there uh, was created by Senjin over here. Uh, this is, you know, Senjin, uh, that the episode's name is Guitar Hero because, like, man, like, I I see your videos. I have uh, alert set on uh, YouTube, YouTube, and oh, yeah. I see your stuff on Instagram. Like it, it comes across my page all the time now. Ever since I started following you, and uh, man, like, what's up? Like, that's that's awesome. Well, I'm just working hard and just pushing out the music and content. Kind of has been one of my New Year's resolutions this year is kind of to push out my content more and try to kind of get out there a little bit more and see what kind of happens. You know, you never know what's going to take off. That's the thing. So unless you're putting the content out there, it's hard to say. And it's completely different music world now. Cause back in the day, you know, you'd be in a band making albums and all this stuff, but you have this social media and you have to take advantage of it. Absolutely. And the more content you can put out there, the better, cause you can get so many people seeing stuff in a quick matter of time. Cause even in the last, three weeks i probably pushed out almost like ten thousand views on youtube good for you and i was just you know just consistently posting yep yeah how many subscribers do you have on youtube now it is almost it's i think 59 actually it's it's super low it's the one thing i've just been trying to grow a little bit more but it's just tricky to get people to hit that hit that subscribe button yeah youtube is a hard nut to crack i know i'm at almost 600 and you know it's taken a long time to get there right uh, i had one video that i posted i went from 400 to like 550 on one video overnight right it was uh i had like 140,000 views on it Ooh. and yeah it jumped and i just threw it out there randomly uh what, what time what time do you find the best time to post on youtube it's hit and miss depending on the day some days yeah. i'll post something like say one o'clock in the afternoon it'll grab the algorithm and do really good the next day I'll do the same thing and it'll get no next to no views. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I, it's really tricky. Yeah. It's so that video I threw up at 11 o'clock at night. I, it was just a throwaway. It was just like, Jeez. fuck it, you know, throw away. I don't even care. Right. Boom. I, I, I got up in the middle of the night. To, I, I can't remember. I think maybe getting a drink or something. And I looked and I was half asleep and it showed like, 110,000 views on it. I'm like, no, no way. That's a dream, right? So I I went back to sleep, and then I woke up a couple hours later for work, and I looked, it was like 140K. And I'm like, oh, damn. Damn, okay. So I try that a little bit, right? Before I go to bed, I just throw a video up just to see how it does, just to see if I can recreate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nighttime, nighttime ones, man, like they do fairly well. People are scrolling, you know, at night. You know, in the middle of the night. Yeah. That's where I try like the 
the seven o'clock route, you know, that's the after supper. Everyone's just kind of getting that point. They're chilling on the couch. That's when I kind of the times and sometimes they'll grab that algorithm for a good hour. But then yeah. I've had videos that it's like a couple days or a week. And then next thing you know, we'll start taking off with views. Yeah. And I, I find that same thing on uh, TikTok. Um, mm-hmm. after Big the time. after dinner, the after dinner crowd, I go for like, I go for like six thirty seven o'clock post. Right. Um, I try to post three times a day on there. No earlier than 11 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, some of my stuff, like if I know I'm going to be at a service all day, uh, a lot of the, my crowd blue collar workers, right. Like I'll throw it up at like six in the morning. If I know I won't be able to post for the day. And I come back and it's generally done pretty good, but I try to stay within that six in the morning area. I've even, for, I've even found that myself just a few times, even before going to work, just posting one up at like, yeah, six in the morning, like you said, and then checking the views. And it's like, holy crap, it's actually doing pretty good. Nice. Nice. What, even, what do you, what do you do for, sorry, go ahead. Oh, um, even like one of the videos I had on YouTube that did like the best was uh, my crazy train guitar solo cover. And that was probably on YouTube for a good few years. And it sat around like 45 views or something like that. And then one day I look at it, I'm like, oh, it's at 4,000 views. Oh, 5,000 views, 6,000 views. Like, holy crap. And it just grabbed a random algorithm. So uh, what do you what do you do for work uh, outside of, you know, I, the guitar, the guitar scene? I don't know. Are you in a band? I, I don't, we'll get into that. But like, what do you oh, do yeah. for work? I'm an electrician, journeyman electrician. Good for you, man. You're, so you're, oh. you're you're making that you. So you probably discovered, you know, like, hey, my hobby, my passion is a little expensive, mm-hmm. right? So I need to get into something that can pay for that. Good for you for realizing. That, that was kind of the smart thinking behind that one. Been yeah. doing it for twelve years now. Good for you, man. And and obviously it's working out. I I you have how many different guitars? <sighs> There's one, two. 13 electric guitars. <laughs> wow. One bass and a nice acoustic as well. What is your what is your uh what is your baby? That would be my first guitar, my Ibanez Talman. Where is it? You got that show one is us. downstairs, but I, okay. do, I don't know if it'll show up, but I even got it tattooed onto me. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that, I can see that. That's that's crazy. That's Even awesome. if you go onto my YouTube channel, you can find one of the little review I did of it and a little playthrough of it. And how so old I'm is pumped. that guitar? Oh, uh, what's that? How old is that guitar? I think it was made in 1995. Wow. So that was my first guitar I got when I was like nine years old. Wow. And I kind of started everything because everybody always got like the guitars you'd see in the Sears catalog. So they always got like those beginner guitars and I show up with this guitar that's a little bit different shape and it's red and everyone's like, oh, that's a cool guitar. What's and then guitar it just cost? clicked with me. What's a guitar cost? <laughs> they range in prices. You can get like entry level ones for a few hundred bucks. You got your anywhere from 500 to a thousand to $10,000 for like a Gibson Les Paul custom. <laughs> do you have one of those? No, sadly, no. I do have a Gibson Les Paul, but just a Gibson Les Paul studio. All right. So are you saving up for one? You got to save up for something big, right? You got to treat yourself. One of these days, for sure. It's just, it's hard to find the one that I really like. They t- okay. I spent a good chunk of time trying to find the right Les Paul. And then I found one on the Facebook marketplace of all places. And it was a good deal. And I went and held it and I was like, yep, here's my money. Take it. <laughs> <laughs> easy, ch- easy decision, right? Oh, it was like, cause I played some, like I played one that was $8,000 the one time and I absolutely hated it. 
Wow. They can't, so it doesn't so matter less, how expensive yeah. it is, it's how it feels. Yeah. Because they even 100%. have like an Epiphone Les Paul, and I've got that at a pawn shop for 250 bucks, and it's one of my main guitars when I play shows. Nice. So so you, you, you're in a band, eh? Yeah, so I was in a band and we was um, just not kind of working out. So me and a couple other guys left and we were starting a new project that's currently on the go. And we're just keeping things a little hush-hush for a little bit till we're all ready because we're uh, looking for a singer. So we're doing a a little audition here on the weekend. So hopefully that goes good because the sooner we get a singer, the sooner we can start playing more shows. What kind of getting on stage? Are you like rock music, obviously? Yes, absolutely. Nice. So I had a buddy on here. I had a buddy on here last episode or, uh, yeah, an episode, two episodes ago, I guess. And it hasn't come out yet, but, uh, I went to school with him back in the day and he's in a band and he's a bassist and, you know, he just a solid dude, you know what I mean? And, uh, he's in a band called April. So, so yeah. And they're, they're out in Ontario and you know, same thing. They were looking for a singer, and and they got their singer, and and you know, so hey, good luck to you. Do do you? You said you have a couple auditions coming up. Well, just got one coming up here this weekend. Kind of one guy that kind of piques our interest, and the videos he sent us was like, all right, he can kind of sing here. So let's let's try him out. We got to vibe with him too, because you can be an amazing singer, but if we don't vibe with you, it's not yeah. going to work out either. Yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta form a brotherhood, and how. So, so how do you know? Okay, he's an amazing singer. Okay, cool. How long do you give it? How long do you give that that grace period for vibing? You know what I mean? Like, like what what is the uh, honeymoon phase? I guess you would call it. What what what's the amount of time on that? It's good. It's going to be the first jam. It's going to be like that initial meeting and just that first few songs, and you'll know right away because especially like members of the band that uh like me myself uh the drummer and the bass player we are all experienced musicians so we know right away if we click and vibe yeah it's pretty easy you guys kind of instantly know as an experienced musician it's like all right i can vibe with this guy i can jam with him and i've had some pretty fun jams all over the place that's crazy man it's kind of like speed dating right you're just like okay so so what if he doesn't bring his a game but he 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 is like off or sick or whatever and you know what i mean and and you know it's like nah that's good but then you know like a couple weeks later he's like hey man i'm feeling much better you know i'm feeling it you know what like give me another shot would would that could that happen and that could definitely happen too it's just like you know we'll especially he's kind of more of an experience and stuff this would be kind of be like his first band and everything so we're gonna have to kind of coach him through some of this stuff so if he comes in and he's nervous we're gonna read into that and see that so if he's not on his a game but we can see that there's potential there to work with then that's a person we'll grab and mold and turn into a great front man because you need that in a band you need that front man yeah especially that person that gets the crowd going and engaging and everything because when you have an instrument in your hand, you're kind of focused on that. You're kind of paying attention to the crowd, but you're locked in with everything else and you're just playing. So having so, that front person is awesome. A front man, like Steven Tyler's a front man, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, because he's all over. He's like, ah, you know, he's getting the crowd pumped. It, even like an Axl Rose is another one. You just watch him and he's running from side to side to stage in the back in the day videos, getting the crowd going, you know, that's what you need. Even like certain songs, you know, you got to get the crowd participation going. You need the singer to make those cues happen because we can't let go of our instruments and let that happen. We got to keep the song going. Oh, yeah. I like that. That's crazy. So 
Yeah, the guy. I'm just trying to find out what goes into a band and stuff like that. Like, you know, I mm-hmm, I, I know a lot of people that are in a band, and I've never asked these questions before, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's like, well, hey, it looks like a lot of hard work, right? And it looks it, like, yeah, you know. And it's a lot of time. Like, you don't see that when you come to a show is the amount of hours they go into, say, learning that stuff. So say you come watch a cover band, they play 30 songs. That's 30 songs they had to we had to learn and go through and and then not only practice on our own time, but then be able to practice when you're in a band situation. Because it's yeah. one thing to play along to the song, but then you get to the band situation and one guy messes up and then it's just a train wreck. Yeah. And that's where experienced musicians come into play is like if it's gonna be that train wreck is coming out of that, so that way the crowd doesn't even notice. You might yeah. have the one or two people that are like, hmm, that was kind of interesting, but then they saved it. You just don't even because you can make mistakes and most people don't even realize it. Yeah, that's what, uh, so this is going to sound bad, but uh, my wife was a big One Direction, is a One Big Direction fan, my wife and my sister. And uh, they follow them religiously. And, you know, being around all that gooey, icky stuff, hard on the ears. Stuff, I don't really like some of their music, but, um, you know, you, you listen to them talk in interviews and stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, we mess up all the time on stage, but nobody else really knows or catches it we just look at each other and we're like oh and and then they, they get back into it and sometimes they have fun with it right they're just like ah you fucked up right you know right yeah. you best we make that eye contact it's like oh you almost you did it you did it you know and we're all kind of yeah. chuckling on stage when that happens the worst time to make the mistake is when you're doing a guitar solo because as a lead guitar player that's that just always bugs a person at the end of the night it's like i missed that one note it's like Ehh. yeah so have you been in other bands yeah, uh, so yeah, I you, played with like um so I've done like my solo stuff. I was just in a came out of another one other cover band. And then I've done some jamming with some other buddies and stuff, like doing some cabarets and stuff where I'd either come in, play guitar or bass, whatever's needed. Then I was also in an instrumental, experimental, psychedelic rock band in Saskatoon. And that nice. was when I after I graduated, and I was in that band for about five years. And that was a really fun experience. Got to play a lot of shows there. So it's Saskatoon. Uh, I used to live in Saskatoon. I lived oh, uh, east, uh, no, no, west side by Confed Mall. Mm. And I lived in Alphabet City on Avenue G for a while. And uh, so, like, what, what kind of bars did you play in in Saskatoon? We would have played at, like, uh, Lydia's back in the day when that was still a thing. Uh, Amigos. It was, what was the other one? It's where Black Hat Tavern is now. Mm, I live in Vangelis. Uh, Vangelis was the name of it. How, what, um, about, there, what about Riley's? Did you ever play at Riley's? You know what Riley's is? Remember Riley's? It was, yeah, I remember uh, Riley's. I mean, yeah. went to a couple shows there, but nope, never got the chance to play there. I did play, what is it called? The Coors Light Center, though. Stan's Place. Did you ever play at Stan's Place? Mm, nope. Can't say I played there. Kind of more like some of like the live beat, like uh, the Capitol. I played at the Capitol. Okay. Okay. That was a fun um, one. One of my former bosses is in a band in around Saskatchewan, Saskatoon, Jet Run. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If, yeah, they. I think they play cover band. They are a cover band too. Um, also, One Bad Son. You know, One Bad Son. Oh, obviously. of course. Uh, one Bad Son. Uh, when I lived in Saskatoon, they were. I don't know how big they are now. I don't know what they're doing, but one bad son was, you know, fairly big. And I was looking for a place to live there. One time my wife and I um, applied for this basement suite. It was uh, the lead singer. I think 
it was mm-hmm. uh, his house. It was his basement that would be renting out. Oh, we talked to his nice. girlfriend. Yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty neat. Actually. That would be a fun experience. I'd be. I'd have. I'd be in a heyday right there. <laughs> yeah. No, that was. Uh, I don't know if it would be fun or not because you know, they probably jamming out all the time, probably playing guitar upstairs or whatnot. But yeah, that, that's right up my alley. Probably would be interesting. Yeah. No. Exactly. You'd probably be up there all the time jamming out with them, right? So yeah, helping them write some songs now. <laughs> So do you guys have your own music like, or just, uh, a cover? just covers right now? And then kind of, as we get going, I definitely want to do originals. Like that's something I really kind of missing. Cause I've been doing like the cover bands for quite a while and writing original yeah. music with other band members would be super fun because it's one thing when I'm writing them on my own, I'm a kind of my own worst critic. So yeah. I'll constantly be working on a song and working on a song and reworking it and recording it and not liking it. And it's just, working on my second album for so many years now because i just be like record a bunch of songs and be like mm, don't like those okay record another bunch mm, don't like those record another bunch it's like oh it's never ending nice um do you so as as the cover band do you guys like tour around still do you like tour around you said you're in regina right so like do yeah. you do you tour around regina and, and play little shows Oh, like the band was in just before we did a few cabarets and some stuff at uh, the Revival in Regina, which was a fun time too. So just did a few shows there because like kind of once we were ready for shows, the pandemic hit and everything. Ah, yeah. So then that kind of put a kibosh onto a lot of that for a few years and that made things extremely difficult. And that definitely hurt the live music scene because we were just primed and ready and it was going to be like we were really tight and it would have been some good live shows. But yeah. Kind of sucks. Oh, especially man, being that, a musician. You hear that a lot, especially with. I remember I told you my buddy there uh, from the band uh, April uh, back home. He mm-hmm. he had all these plans as well, and and pandemic hit right as soon as they were about to get going. Right, and my cousin, he's a rapper, and in, in Ontario, and my wife. Did I say my cousin? Uh, yes. My wife. My wife's cousin. He's a rapper <laughs> in Ontario. And he was set to go. I think I think he was supposed to go on tour with Drake or something like that. Cool. You know? Yeah. No, he's really that's he, a huge tour, right? He's got a lot of good music out. Like it's on his name's Bray. It's on you can find on Spotify and Apple and stuff like that. And like like good music. You know what I mean? Like, I, no, I'm not just saying that because I know the guy. Like <laughs> I'm saying that like when if I was a stranger and I was listening to this music, that'd be that'd be something I'd be into, right? And. uh just yeah supposed to i think he went to drake's birthday party or something like that and then they were supposed to go out on tour together and pandemic hit just before the tour started so it was like ooh, yeah you gotta be doing something good to be invited to come on a tour like that yeah no kidding no kidding man and you're doing something right so it was kind of interesting uh to kind of watch how he went about it so he he was into the rap scene, the rap music. He could write, he could he could rap sing. I don't know what you want to call it, rap or sing, but uh his his mom uh didn't approve of it and he was going to school to get a um a law degree, right? I'm pretty sure it was law. Political science. I don't I think it was law. Anyway, so his mom got really sick and so it was kind of like, hey, you know what? Like, yeah. I'm going to do what my mom wants. Right. And then his mom sadly uh, passed away. And then he was like, Hey, you know what? Like, this is my time. You know what I mean? Like she didn't approve of this. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do something for me. And he, and he pursued that and blew up. Right. And it was like, damn, 
good for you, man. Like, you know, and it, looking back, it's like, man, if your mom could see you now, you know. Like, oh, she'd be so proud. So proud. Oh, so proud, man. It'd be crazy. It, it, it takes a lot to break through into the music industry nowadays. It's a, there's so much competition out there. Yeah. And, and that makes it difficult. Yeah, we we were talking about that a few weeks back, actually. Um, not just with music, but with content. I'm a content creator on Instagram yep. and TikTok and Facebook and all that. And like you know, the internet's a noisy world to break through and get your stuff heard. No matter what you're doing, right? Your, your mm -hmm. music, uh, it's a just a noisy world. So if you can break through it and 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 get your 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 stuff seen and heard, good for you. It, there's a lot there, right? And oh yeah. So yeah, and, and especially grind. Building like an audience and getting reoccurring people who are liking and following your stuff. That's a good thing because then you start seeing that more. And that means, hey, you got re repeated viewers and that's a good sign. You're doing something right. You got to start off small, you know, a few hundred views and turn those few hundred views into a few hundred more and then so on. Yeah, exactly, man. It's all about, you know, and word of mouth helps too, right? Mm -hmm. And and stuff like what we're doing here, right? You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, you're, you're, you're a small guy, um, small artist, I guess. And yeah, I'd say artist, little social media guitar player, dang near almost. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, this this sends some more some more viewership your way, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of people out there that uh, I've noticed that, they like to jam a lot of guys in camp, right? Of the blue collar, oh, the blue collar crowd, right? They they go up to to go to a work camp. They bring their guitars with them, and they they jam out with other guys in their rooms and stuff like that. We're outside if it's nice out, right? So you know, like, hopefully this you know helps you know expose you to a little bit more people. And I'm gonna post it on Instagram and and. Uh, probably yeah youtube the video goes up on youtube as well and Sweet. you know the the numbers and stuff like that on the podcast are pretty decent you know over 10 over 10 episodes that are out so far now we're over a thousand downloads so like it's Ooh, that's good it's, it's pretty good man you know what i mean uh so we're we're there the numbers are there and you know hopefully you know this is this is the whole point of the podcast is to like you know find people with interesting stories that are doing cool things right and and yep and have conversations with them, peel back the layers and, and, and you know what, uh, maybe slide, you know, whole new audience towards them, you know? So true. And that's exactly, I was super excited when you asked me to come on this. Cause like, Hey, I've never done a podcast before. And this is a great way to grow an audience for everybody. Yeah. And you know what, like the word of mouth thing again, right? Mm -hmm. Angela from back road truckers, she was episode nine and she's like, Hey, here's a guy you should check out. Maybe get him on your podcast. And then I'm like, okay, cool. So I, I looked and I watched and I was like, man, and I waited like, I think a week or so before I reached out to you. Cause I wanted, I wanted to see, you know what? And, and you know what, like your, your contents there, you're constantly posting. You're, you're always in your face, in your face. Right. right. And, and then that, that's what you need to do. Right. That's, that's, exactly and that's persistence. Yeah. And exactly. sometimes, you know, it can beat you down a little bit. I'm taking like creative breaks many times. Cause sometimes I get petered out just almost like creating content and thinking of different ideas and being like, ah, oh, is it people are actually going to view this? So this kind of go around where I'm being a little more pushing out content. I'm starting to think more and more on different ideas and everything like that and taking more pursuit on doing proper video edits and everything too, and actually recording stuff into a software program and then putting the audio or the video in and then syncing it all up, which is quite a fun process too. I've actually been really enjoying that a lot. How much, how much like memory does that require? Like, obviously you need a lot to remember, like every song 
every chord on the guitar is different, right? You know what I mean? Like you're just like, okay, oh, I'm doing this one. And then you just jam into it, right? You you don't even second thought, okay, I'm playing this song, boom, right? Like I always thought, you know, when you think of a rock and roll band, right? A lot of the time, you know, they're strung out on stage, right? They're it's it's just a part of that uh culture, I guess, or lifestyle. Right. And 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 you just see them play and they're just like you know, they just go right into it. And it's like, even when they're strung out, they can get right into it. it. It's like ingrained into your DNA. Like you just don't even have to think about it. You just kind of grab the guitar and it's just like, boom, boom, boom. And as long as everybody else is in sync, it's just like magic happens. And then once somebody goes off, then it's like, then it can be a bit of a train wreck, but it's just all, it's all instinctive. It's even like keeping like the beat and the time. It's just like, you just kind of think of the song and it's like, Oh, there it is. And there's the time and everybody's playing at the exact same time. And it's like, this is fun. That's awesome. So like, are you, okay. So this is a good thing about like you, you're growing up in a, you're growing up, coming up in a good era for your band, right? Like where, you know, your upcoming band where, you know, back in the day they didn't have cell phones or cameras or anything like that. Right. Yeah. You could document literally going from like where you start your humble beginnings to like if you blow up one day and you're playing a world tour of in front of millions of people right um you know be like hey we started out as a small garage band you know right I mean? and, and we played here in front of like johnny's little sister or senjin's senjin's cousins right they they watched and then you know from from the garage on maple street to madison square garden in new york you know or or the o2 in london i think it's in london i don't know I think it is. I can't remember myself either. I think it's in London. Yeah, no, and that's man. You gotta have a dream like that, right? Like exactly. you dream one day of going from where you are now to like, hey, you know what? Um, you're you're an electrician. You said, yep. Fuck this electrical work. You know what? I, you know what? That blue book. That's so many days. Tear it up. You're going out on tour. That would be like the biggest dream. Is like we've even talked with the other members of the band. Is just fame and success is one thing but like being able just to live comfortably and have a little bit of extra spending cash and do what you get to love to do that's what it that's what it's all about yeah and especially like especially as being if you're a decent enough cover band or something like that or a decent enough band and people want to book you and stuff if you're doing stuff every weekend like on friday night and saturday night and you're playing this wedding or this cabaret or this if you're doing that consistently you're making darn good money nowadays because especially after the pandemic everybody wants the live music the entertainment and stuff because they were stuck in so they're willing to come out to check this stuff out now yep whereas like yep. before that like some of the shows you, you would go to it's stuff to be 20 30 people there well now you got 60 70 80 up to 100 people jam packing a little bar all because wow. they just want to get out and enjoy some live music again you know um what's the last concert i seen i don't remember but I saw Polly D from the Jersey Shore at Riley's once. <laughs> that would be yeah, quite oh. interesting. And I went to what was it? The Blink One Eighty Two, Fall Out Boy, and, and Saving Abel. I'm pretty sure in Saskatoon at the Sastel place. Um, I saw them. When was that? 2013. What year are we in right now? 20, 2013. I'm pretty sure I saw them in Saskatoon. It's 2023. It's ten years. Yeah, and uh, Pete Wentz from Follow Boy played the after party. He was the DJ at the after party at Riley's. Oh, I was there to see it. It was crazy. Yeah. It oh, was. that'd be a fun time. 
It, man, it was great. You know, my wife and I were not drinkers, so you know, like when we're when we're around that kind of stuff, it's like a little awkward. We're just like you know those kids at the school dance who are just kind of sitting in the seats over by the wall, right? It was cool to experience because DJ Poly D, right? Uh, you know, uh, fist bumping and it's t-shirt time. The Jersey Shore was huge back then, right? And oh, that was massive then. Yeah, and then Pete Wentz saw Force Follow Boy, and then we saw. Um, I saw my wife didn't go. I saw with a couple of buddies of mine, uh, you know, you know, who Far East Movement is. Mm-hmm. I won tickets to see Far East Movement at Riley's. I've actually seen them twice, but I won the tickets to see them at Riley's. Yeah. Sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. Far East Movement is actually pretty, pretty badass. I was like, so Far East Movement is, you know, they, they, how do I say that? So I was at the front of the stage. I was out there, but like I was the only, um, you know, Caucasian person there, right? Like, you know, I was, I was like having a good time at the front of the stage, surrounded by you know all, um, all Chinese people, all Asian people. I, I don't know how to say that without it sounding bad. I don't know how that sounds, but like the, it was all Asian people, right? And so like you know, it was it was a good show. I think me and my three buddies were the only white people there. It was it, it was crazy, and Caucasian people, uh, you know. So like it was it was a good show. I loved it. They loved it. Everyone had a good time. I haven't been to a show for a while. I think the last show I went to was a band from Regina called Into Eternity. And they used to tour quite a bit. Like they toured with like Megadeth and then like Stu Block, their singer was in Iced Earth for quite some time till all that stuff happened in the States and everything at the, oh, and they stormed at that government building down there. Oh, the Capitol building. Yeah. January 6th. Yeah. Because the guitar player was like part of that and that just raised a bunch of stuff there. So he ended up leaving the band and a bunch of other members. So it was quite crazy. So then he came back and was singing for the band that he was in before he did that. So it's pretty sweet to see. And that was a that was an awesome awesome show. It was a uh, packed at the exchange. Your singer was part of the January Six riot there. No, 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 no. Oh. This is, uh, the singer in the Into Eternity band here oh, in Regina. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Wow, I sorry, I misheard that. Oh, wow. Um, I you probably even you. seen the picture with him, like the the guitar player, because he was like. I think it's CTV and all that. Use him. See, I was like the old. He kind of looked like an older guy, but he had like a big long gray beard or whatever. And I was the singer for like our guitar player for Ice Earth. I remember like seeing like the pictures on the news and I'm like, that's John Schaefer from Ice Earth. What the heck's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. How did, how did you get into uh, guitar uh, guitars and, and um, you know, uh, wanting to be in a band? Like how did that start? How, how old were you or young were you? And so when I was younger yeah. and we lived in Waver and they had like a music program. So when you hit like grade four, it was either you played guitar or the recorder. So obviously I'm going to pick the guitar. So started playing and it just clicked. It was just something I was good in right away, really good at and just kind of picked up on it and then started taking, like I had the music lessons at school and then I started taking music lessons on the side and I took those for two and a half years before the teacher couldn't teach me anymore. Basically kind of told me, yeah, you're kind of on your own. You got to teach yourself now. <laughs> wow. Cause you were that good. Eh? Like, yeah. I pretty much like... surpassed everything he could teach me. Wow. And then at that point I moved to a small town and then I got well, moved to a small town, nothing to do. So then got really into guitar and then the rest is history. Shout out to Weber and home of the only all you can eat KFC in Canada. Oh. So fun fact with that, like when I used to, was uh, really young uh 
there used to be a buffet there. And if you, I think it was, yeah, it was always on Mondays and kids ate for 99 cents. What? The buffet for 99 cents. At KFC? Yeah, at the KFC. So they still have that all you can eat KFC. I've been meaning there. to make a road trip out there to go, it's go get 18, some of that. It's 18 bucks now. Oh. But so oh. worth it. But it's worth it, definitely. Yeah, man. Like I was there last summer. Uh, I do road construction in the summer, and I, I'm in Saskatchewan a lot when we're on the road. Uh, last year, we spent a good amount of time in uh, in my favorite booming metropolis of Metal Lake. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was good times. Uh, Metal Lake. And then we were in Battleford, Saskatoon. Uh, we weren't in Regina last year, but we, we were the year before, and. Uh, um, Weyburn. Uh, I remember the first time I went to Weyburn, it was the first summer of the pandemic. And I had heard about the all-you-can-eat KFC, and I was pumped. I was like, yeah. I called them, and like, we're closed because of the pandemic. Like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> right? So um, last summer oh. when I heard we were going back to Weyburn, that's the first phone call I made. I called KFC. I'm like, I don't even like the Dirty Bird, right? I called KFC, and I'm like, hey, you guys open and your buffet open? They're like, yep. It's it's open and we're good to go. Um, I heard that a few months prior to that uh, phone call that I made, they decided to shut her down. They weren't going to do it anymore. And uh, the town did a petition or a protest against it. And so KFC kept it. And uh, cheers to them. Cheers to the good, hardworking folks of Weyburn, Saskatchewan, for keeping the all-you-can-eat KFC buffet open for Dick Frost to go eat there. Greatest place ever. Oh, man. And there's a, there's a candy store that I actually helped name in Weyburn. I don't know if I helped name it. She probably had that name picked out already. But Stranger Danger Candy Co. They opened up last summer. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. I heard they're getting their own building now instead of the uh, work trailer that they were in. <laughs> hey, whatever yeah. works. Hey. hey we got to start we somewhere. Do. Exactly. Exactly. So make me save that KFC buffet now. <laughs> so you move to the small town and, and all you do is you just shred every day. You're just you know, you're just uh hitting the riffs. See, I'm learning the lingo. You're there, you're hitting the riffs, you're shredding the guitar. And then and then what? You just like where do you go from there? How old were you? And where and where did it, you know? Well, so that night when I moved to the small town, I was 13 i was just turned 13 there and then i spent a few years just learning lots of songs and then time i hit 16 i did a strict practice regimen of like every day was like two to four hours of playing and one day was jazz music next day was classical then music theory and then more music theory and then shred technique and then i'd have like one day where i could just play whatever i want to play so then i did that for years of just a strict practice regimen so then the end result was just I could get in and jam with anybody and it was, and it definitely, there's been situations where it was like super handy. Cause then I went to Nicaragua and I did some jamming down there. I was able to get up on stage and play with all the local musicians. Cause they could pop the sheet music in front of me or just tell me like, Oh, this is one, four, five and B watch for the turnaround. Okay. <laughs> wow. And we just be able to do a jam and it'd just be like, sound like we were practicing together for forever. Huh? Nicaragua. 
You're not the first person to come on this podcast that has a connection with Nicaragua. Uh, episode eight, Dougie Snakes. Go check him out, by the way, Sanjun. You would love that guy. I don't have know, to for maybe. sure. It depends on what your sense of humor is, but uh, <laughs> I can handle a lot. <laughs> Doug, Dougie's the man. He he um, told an interesting story about Nicaragua, uh, Nicaragua once, where he was on drugs. He's a re- he's a recovered drug addict, and he was on some drugs. I'm not sure what it was. He said he was on. But uh, he was in a hostel and he pissed on his hostel roommates, two German girls. And uh, yeah, he woke up in the morning and didn't understand what was going on. But hey, that was episode eight. And uh, <laughs> hey, oh. shout, out, shout out to Nicaragua, you know. <laughs> well, the problem now is there when you go there is the beer is so bloody cheap too. That, that, that ends up with a lot of problems too. That was a fun time. My liver took a pounding that week. <laughs> Oh man, did you stay in a hostel? Uh well my I had a buddy that used to go down there and he would stay there over the winter. So he had like a house. So I just got to stay there and then he left a few days early and then I stayed in a hostel and that was a fun time too. Nice. That's awesome. And the best part is is when I went there, it was like minus sixty here in Saskatchewan. You go to plus thirty and ninety degree temperature difference was a freaking shock on the body when you got off the plane. <laughs> Oh yeah, I know. I worked in Northern Manitoba a few years ago and yeah, it was minus 50, minus 58 or something like that. And, uh, I took, uh, two weeks off from that. I, I, I was going to Florida and, um, yeah, we went to Florida and Orlando is humid, but it's not that hot. Right. It's, mm-hmm. it, it was still pretty warm. It's 15 degrees. And it was like, cool. I just came from, you know, uh, minus 60 pretty much. And, uh, and you know, I get there and the pilot's like, uh, it's a pretty chilly day here on the ground folks. Just make sure you bundle up before you get off. It's plus 15 degrees Celsius for you Canadians is like, Oh yeah. But keep telling me how cold it, well, my plus 15 in Orlando was a little chilly, right? It was, you know, I was, I was like, what's going on here. I put on a sweater. I wore a sweater and track pants almost the entire time I was there. Oh. And uh, yeah. And so we went to Disney. We did that whole thing, but we spent a day in Miami. We got up in the morning. We drove the four hours, whatever it is from Orlando to Miami. And I was in the car. Heat cranked cause it's early in the morning. And uh, I had my hoodie and track pants on. We get to Miami. I opened the car door and the humidity and the heat literally knocked me back in the car. Like oh. I, I had to change right then and there into shorts and t-shirt. It was beautiful. Yeah. Well, that's, that's like almost like camping sometimes like in the mountains, you wake up in the morning and you're cold. You got a bunny hug on and pants. And then the afternoon hits. It's like, where's the tank top and shorts? <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. Like crazy exactly. temperature changes like that. So what, how old were you when you went to Nicaragua? I think I was, 22 or 23 i think i was when i went to nicaragua wow it was that was fun um so so i'm trying to fit get back on that timeline you're so you're like you're 16 you're just shredding the guitar you're learning you put yourself on that strict regiment and so you know when did when was it you know how like everyone everyone hits that moment where you got a choice to make right it's time to either you know the children's game goes away or, or you hit that crossroad and you're like, Hey, I got to take this seriously. I got to go with it this way instead of putting the guitar down and, 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 and preparing for life as an adult. Right. 
Mm-hmm. That's it. Was never like an option of just like putting it down or whatever. It's always going to be I got to balance both. So, and I definitely was considering going to like a music school and everything like that, as any kind of musicians always thinks about. It's like, oh, I'm going to go study music. Well, I had a few older friends who had did that, and they went to uh, Grant McEwen there in Edmonton. One guy ended up in the trades. Another guy ended up in the trades. And one is teaching guitar at Long McQuaid. So it's like, you kind of look at that, and it's like, financially long-term, is that going to do the right thing? Mm, no. So then I decided to go at least get my ticket and get like a trade at least. And it was supposed to be sort of a fallback, but me eh, still doing it. <laughs> Hey man, and you know what? Like like you said earlier, you know what you you were smart about it because that trade is paid for this, right? It's not it's not a exactly. hobby. It's your job is the hobby, right? And and this is your passion. This is what you want to do full time. You there? Well, it's awesome too with like the oh, yep. Yeah, I'm right here. What's awesome with the trades too is just like once you get that journeyman ticket, you never have to start down here. You always get to start up here as far as the wage. So you just know at least if, if I were to go, like, say, oh, I want to take a break from it. I'm going to go try this out. Oh, I want to come back to it. I don't have to start at the bottom, work back up. I'm already right up here. And it's like, sweet. And then it can pay for more music here. <laughs> and yeah, recording music is not cheap. Oh, no, I kind of like lucked out with like my little setup that I kind of have going on because got to love pawn shops for certain things. Because yeah. like especially I got a good uh, interface for my recording stuff, and that's good interface, good microphone, good computer, pretty much set. I've kind of like I got a really good recording setup, but I've kind of really done it on a good budget, like well under a thousand bucks easily. Good for you, man. That's that's wicked. I know um, my buddy Eric. He has spent a lot of money, hey, but like. Uh, and I have another buddy who, L. Eric is, you know, what, what was it, three grand to record three songs or four songs or whatever it was, right? And I have another buddy who I met here in the oil patch. He's actually from back home. And same thing, you know, like he only works here so he can save money to record songs. I think he went out to Miami. I think it was Miami. Oh. I want to say Miami. And so he works here, got the money for the songs come back, make more money, go record more, come back, make more money. I don't know where, what he's up to, but he he makes... Okay, I had a hard time with this the other night. Sex trap music? Hmm. I can't say I've heard of that. I I don't know. That's Maybe that's, yeah, yeah, it's it's a genre and it's it's interesting. And, you know, uh, kind of like I, I expect with you, kind of like you know, as 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 with me with other creators, I may not like get or understand their videos or their content creation, but I respect the hell out of the grind. Right? Big time, absolutely. I res- I, yeah, I know what they're going through and I know what they're doing, and I see them, you know, posting their videos out. I may not like it, but I understand it. You know, I'm There's like a lot okay. of work to do. It is, man. It is, and and especially you know, I probably don't know. I make content, you make music that you have to constantly memorize. And and guitar uh positions. Is it a position? Yeah, the, just the, yeah, different uh, spots on yeah. the guitar and everything. Different yeah, like, yeah. it can get pretty complicated once you kind of start talking about the theory and everything. Because like weird part is like I kind of just like break the guitar into like different patterns and groups. So then I kind of just like 
it's kind of my weird how I kind of think about it. It's like, I know like there's a pattern group in here, this section of the guitar, there's a pattern group on the neck here and a pattern group on here. And depending on what song I'm playing or the key, my brain will just be like, doo, 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 and it just, it's, it's really weird and hard to explain that one. Just how All my right. brain sort of memorizes stuff and memorizes different scales and different songs and everything. It just sort of, it puts it into these weird patterns and that's how I sort of remember stuff. Especially if you're doing songs like say like, acdc songs you kind of need to have those kind of patterns and weird kind of things because those songs all sound kind of different but they all use like the same chords so sometimes it can get confusing because this chords can be almost the, the exact same it's just how you play it or one chord is just a little bit different it's like you need ways to like remember that kind of stuff man i, I started off learning a lot of my shoes what's up i could barely remember how to tie my shoes half the time <laughs> It's insane. And even like if you even factor away, like say like the guitar playing too, there's the whole sound aspect of it too. Cause then you got the amp and then you get all the guitar pedals. And then once you start adding those in, that's when that's when things get really crazy. Cause now you got the guitar and you can play that, but it's got to sound good. Yeah. And I've been spending the last 10 plus years trying to get the right guitar sound. <laughs> Are you there? Close. Every time so, I pick up the guitar, it's a little bit different, but it's getting there. So close. So, like, you're just looking for that sound that makes you go, that's it. Yeah. That's it. And, and you'll know when you hit it because it's like, ah. right? And, and sometimes, too, like, it varies on which guitar I'm playing. So I might pick up, like, because I use, like, got so many different kind of pedals going on, like graphic EQs and everything. I'll pick up one guitar, and it's like, hmm, I got to adjust this a little bit. Okay, that sounds better. I grab a different guitar, play a chord, and I'm like, whoa, I like that. Hold on one second. I got to put my phone on do not disturb mode, because I have a feeling I'm going to get a call here in a minute. <laughs> All good. And I, there we go. And I do not want that. that uh, that's happened a couple times now, where I've been in the middle of a podcast boom it's dispatcher or, or my boss or someone being like hey what's up let's go to work and it's like hey not right now it's murphy's law it's always bound to happen <laughs> oh man if i want dispatch to call i just relax there's times where i'm sitting in my room i'm like okay dispatch is gonna call and i'm just like on edge waiting for it to happen and they never call so i find that if i lay down on my bed and camp put on the tv they're calling and it happens every single time i put i put i wanted them to call I lay down, turn on the TV, boom, happens. That's just, oh, that'd be, that, that's the worst. As soon as you're just this comfy and relaxed, it's like, oh, and I got to get up and go do stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So most people, right, most kids growing up, right, like they wanted like a light bright or a globe or like Legos or whatnot. And their parents are like, hell yeah, this is, yo, cheap. Let's do this, right? You wanted guitars, it was, it was like kind of once i niched with that that was sort of my thing and then it wasn't until cause i started it was nine going on ten when i got my first one and it wasn't until i was like 14 where i got my second one and then once i kind of got the second one then that was where the itch kind of started it was like well i want more and then i want more because then you, as you're like a preteen and coming up there and getting into like high school and that's like going to the music store it's like i want all these guitars here <laughs> Did you ever smash any while you're playing? You're just like, no, no, not yet. Maybe one day if I go to like get an El Cheapo one, that like that's like the whole point of that guitar is to get smashed up and reassembled like for certain songs and everything. I've thought about it, but even cheap guitars were like 
still a little bit expensive nowadays. Yeah. So I'd want yeah. something at least plays and sounds at least a little bit good because I'd actually want to use it for one song and then mash it up. Yeah. Oh my All God, right. No, that's... Two nights. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was just like, you know, I see, I see musicians and stuff do it all the time. And it's like, man, you, I wish I had your money. Right. Like, I know I don't know nothing about guitars, but I know that looks expensive. Or at least the sponsorships where you could bring someone up and be like, Hey, I need another couple guitars or another couple amps. Cause I've seen guys like ram their guitars into their speaker cabinets. It's like, ah. That's kind of like the end of the show kind of thing, right? They're just like, hey, thanks for coming. Whack, right? Right. It's, it's right into it. It's like, oh, or blowing up guitar ramps. It's like, ah, especially you watch like some of the old like Who videos and stuff when they're smashing up all that stuff. And it's like, you go look at the price of some of that music gear now. And it's like, that was a lot of money you guys just smashed. Because <laughs> those vintage guitar gear is insanely stupidly expensive nowadays. Well, I would think, you know, me, I'm cheap, um, borderline Jewish, I think. Uh, so, like, um, I would take, like, uh, I don't know, I have a sponsorship with these glasses, right, uh, on, on TikTok and stuff. I got these ones, and, and I got these ones. I don't know if you've seen any of my videos with the blue ones I'm always wearing, right? So, oh, yeah. Those, those are over there. And, you know, like, yeah, I can get a pair for free if I send the message, be like, hey, man, I need a new pair, right? Uh, they send them. But, like, man, I've seen the value of those glasses. Like, even if they're, like, 60, 70 bucks, you know, that's still, to me, like, you know, like, it's still $70, right? And, like, yep. I I get upset. I broke those pair over there last last summer. I broke them. And, uh, actually, they didn't break that badly, but, like, they're pretty durable. But still, they took a beating, and I was very upset about it. I was, like, you know, because it was my first – it was my first pair I ever had, right? And it was like the first sponsorship. It wasn't the first one I've had, but like it was it was the one that, you know, I was proud of, right? The first one I had it didn't suit me. It wasn't who I was, you know what I mean? I don't I don't drink coffee, so it was like whatever. Um, but the glasses there, you know what? Um I took pride in that and I still do. I love them, right? And so when they broke, I was I was genuinely heartbroken. That's, yeah, that's the thing. I was like, yeah, just stuff breaks. It's like, oh, that's why I like, never smashed any of the guitars or done anything kind of crazy or like flipping amps around. or any I've jumped off my guitar amps before. That's a fun time. <laughs> Climb up on them and take a big jump off. <laughs> can, can you play us a song? Uh, a random song. Putting you on the spot. Putting you on okay. the spot. Grab a random guitar. Play us a song. What do we got? What kind of guitar is that? What kind of guitar is that? We're pulling out an acoustic. Okay. And what kind of music do you generally hear with acoustic guitars? Nice, just some nice good chording and everything like that. I just got to tune this thing up just really quick here. See, just the work that you're putting in there, man. Like you're, you're just like, hey, hey, you know, you're putting me on the spot, but I still got, I got to tune this baby up, right? It's got to sound. Oh, it's got to sound good. Yeah. 
Let's see if you know this song. Okay. Mama told me when I was young. Right, that song. That was one at least I just knew right on the spot and everything. <laughs> what, what? So what was that one? Because I that was a Simple Man by Leonard Skinner. Yeah, and I had a few extra notes me. into it. So I had some yeah. extra notes into it to make it seem like a sound a little more full when it's just playing like, uh, one acoustic guitar. I was right about the song. You got it. Nailed it. Nice. All right. All right. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's see right. here. Let's try. All right. Let's see if you know this one. Guns and Roses. Yep. Ah, come on. Ah, I'm so good. I'm. I'm not good at this. But like, you know, you're you're going easy on me. You're going easy. Okay. So. Let's see if you got this one. It's in a different tuning, but you should recognize the rhythm. Okay. Oh yeah. Scotty doesn't. No, yeah, you got it. Yeah. Even in yeah. a different tuning, you can still recognize like what song that really is. Yeah. Yeah. So there, I heard, uh, and I've seen it, you know, how like sampling songs and stuff like that. There's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's, you could basically take every popular song from like the last 30 years and, and narrow it down to like three, maybe three, uh, riffs or, or, or sounds. They are just a few different chords put together, and then you can make like all sorts of. I think they're, I know which video you're talking about. I've seen that one before, and I think the chords are like the like a G, C. And you can just kind of recognize like a lot of those chords just some just go together. like that but those are like i think those are the chords but yeah something kind of neat like that how much did this guitar cost you this one i got this one on sale but it still cost me like 800 bucks so okay that's not bad you could it could be worse right you are you don't do drugs obviously what's that you don't do drugs or drink i take it i smoke some weed but that's about it that's that's not really a drug so <laughs> not like, anymore no so like you that's your habit. That's that's your addiction, right? Like, yeah. exactly. That's your that's that's your thing. And and if this is going to be a full time job someday, right? This is an investment. Well, it's like even like this guitar. Like I spent six months looking for the right one because it had to be a nice. It had to have a neck that felt like an electric guitar, so I can still do all the fast, you know. All the crazy craziness. All that, but it's also it's hard to really show this, but this body is really small. Like if you were to kind of like see that, like um me, it's it's really hard to show, but yeah, it's a really tiny body actually. Because most acoustics are a lot bigger. So when I sit and play this, it almost feels like an electric, but it's an acoustic. All right. And I love that feeling. 
and it looks really cool. <laughs> that is pretty cool, man. No, that's that's awesome. I love that. And and um, so, how often do you play with this one? This is the first time I picked this up in a while. <laughs> you put me on the spot, and I looked over. I'm like, the acoustic would be a really nice one to bust out. And plus so, it resonates nice and loud too. You said it took you a while to find it, right? So, mm -hmm. like, what do you do? You just walk into guitar stores or shops or whatever, like Long and Quaid, and you walk in and you're like, hey, you pick up a guitar and you get the feel and you're like, mm, no, that's not it, right? And you put it back, you grab another one, and, and, and you do this for months at a time, right? You're just like, how long? How many months? You said months. Like, what are we talking time for? Like here? six, seven months, like going through different guitar magazines and being like, that one looks good. And that one looks all right. And then going to, I would have went to in Saskatoon, it would have been Mother's Music when that was still there. And because they had a wicked guitar selection and I'd go in and check out acoustics and nope. I'd, or sometimes I'd find one and it'd be like, okay, I like the feel of this, the look of it, but it wouldn't have like this one you can hook up to an amplifier or a PA system. It's got the built-in tuner. Some of them didn't have that. So I just kept waiting and waiting. And then one day if it was, it was a January because I was writing a final in high school in the afternoon. I went up in the morning to buy this guitar. <laughs> so, cause I knew it was on sale because it was a year end clearance. And that's when they like to mark some of that stuff down, like three, $400. So this guitar was like 1200 bucks regular. And I think I got it for seven ninety nine. And I was like, wow, yep, done deal. And it's my only acoustics. I only ever needed one. <laughs> wow. And it's a wow factor piece too. Cause you pull this out and everyone's like, Oh wow. <laughs> so why, why is it? Wow. Why is it? Wow. Like well, what makes it wow. If you look at that wood. Yep. That wood grain, like in person, you can feel it. It's very textured and everything. And it's just most people, they either have like a black acoustic or the traditional kind of natural looking one. And you pull this out and everyone's like, Oh wow, I bet you that plays nice. And the guitar players who pick it up, they're like, that is the nicest acoustic I have ever played. Yes. Yes. And a few other cool ones. Hang on, I'll show you a really yeah, cool one. Let's see guy. another one. Yeah, let's see another one. Ugh. This is where I keep my surplus guitars are upstairs here. <laughs> Your surplus guitars. How many did you say you had again? You said you had like what? 14 of them. I got a bunch downstairs on my main floor on wall hangers. So when you walk into my dining room, you just see all these guitars that are in your face. Are you married? You got a woman? What's that? Do you, are you married or got a woman? I am engaged. I'll be getting married uh, this summer. Congratulations, man. And how does, she, how does she feel about it? Is she like, she's in love with Senjin, isn't she? She's just like, oh yeah. She, she like, you serenade the shit out of her, I bet. And, and she just melts. Oh, she loves the guitar playing. We have like a lot of similar music interests too. So that makes it pretty awesome when I'm playing stuff and everything. So I'll be playing her stuff and be like, here, you should know this song. And she's like, oh, I know it. But it's sometimes, you know, you'll know a song, but you get, but you get put on the spot and you can't name the artist or the song. Did you say you're getting married in September? Yes. September long weekend. You got a, you got a, do you have a uh, priest yet or, or something like that? Priest? Yeah. I mean, like, I got a, got like some old priest friends. Cause like when I went to Weber and I went to like a, I get a Catholic school and everything like that. Yeah. And then also because I'm Ukrainian, we also went to like the Ukrainian Catholic church there. Definitely. So we still keep in contact with the priest that was there. Cause he was just an awesome dude. 
Nice. Um, I'm getting ordained. So like if you, uh, if it's only 25 bucks or whatever to get ordained. So like, I'm going to get ordained. I'm going to marry people in my blue hard hat and my heat waves, I think, um, you know, awesome. and, and, you know, there's already been a couple of people like, hell yeah. Right. So, um, if your priest friends, if any one of them happen to get sick that week or can't make it for any reason, I'm your guy. Keep, I'm going to hold you to that one. Cause if that, you there. never know what could happen. Especially if, you know, if Colin book and it's like, Oh, you're, you're not available. All right. I got backup plans now. See, so having hey, backup plans is good. I will take time off for that. Sweet. Good to know. It's, hey, it's a long weekend too. And we got it at a beautiful location as well. Where are you going? It is, um, it's a place by Fort Coppell, but it's like on like the edge of like the lake and everything. So we're going to do an outdoor ceremony. So all of our nice. pictures and everything just all going to have like the lake in the background and all that. So, and it's a place that's got like rooms you could stay at and everything. So you could come and people can get blackout drunk and don't have to worry about leaving. You just got to walk to the building, go to your bedroom and go to sleep. <laughs> yes, sir. That's pretty awesome. So this one, what is this one? This is it's an Ibanez guitar, but it's a micro. So it's a smaller scale guitar. Yeah, it's smaller than the other one you actually just had. And you said that one was actually small, right? And like this one's got the cool pink and everything. Like, yeah. Like if you were to see, I'm gonna try to do this. Like I can stretch my hands on this guitar neck. Yep. Insane. So that oh would be what's God. called from fifth fret to twelfth fret. Like that's a big like it's a that'd be like so that's on a small scale. So if I grabbed a full scale. I don't even think I could do that on a full scale. You can already see how much bigger it is. I got to oh. really stretch for that. Yeah. All right. This is another really nice guitar. The signature guitar from one of the Iron Maiden guitar players. Oh, wow. So I know nothing about Iron Maiden. I know they play music that I, I, I personally do not enjoy. But like, like I said, I respect the hell out of the grind. They're my all-time favorite band, that one. Oh, yeah? Nice. I just started getting into mascot tattooed on me. (laughs) I just started getting into Volby within the last year or so. Uh, My coworker, yeah, I was baptized in fire though. I don't really like that kind of music. And my coworker, whenever I'm with him, he just blasts it the whole day. And it's like, ugh. And then I started getting into it, like, let's get ready to rumble, right? And then, right? If we go to that song. We're, okay, so I got a Volbeat story here because they were on tour with it was Megadeth and it was a Gigantic tour. So I looked at Buddy and I'm like, okay, as soon as they say let's get ready to rumble, we're opening up the mosh pit. So nobody was moving. As soon as he said that, we were right in the middle of the floor. We just started pushing people. The whole floor opened up and it turned into pure chaos. We got out of there so quick, being like, what did we start? Because the mosh pit did not die down at all for the whole show. It was just oh, as man. soon as they said, let's get ready to rumble. It's like, we're opening up the mosh pit right now. <laughs> that's, dude, that's insane. Uh, people die in those things, don't they? It, well, depends on the mosh. Like a lot of the mosh pits say you go to like a smaller metal club show. If you get knocked down, the whole mosh pit stops and picks you up. Make sure you're good, and then you go back to moshing. That's you go to those big festivals, though, that's up in the air because you got, I think, 50,000, 60,000 people. You go down, that's a little risky there. Yeah, it's like uh, mosh at your own risk. So if you want to mosh in a safe environment, go to a small metal show because you fall down, they're picking you back up right away. 
That's cool. That's good. Anyways, I've I've never been to a metal show. I think the most the 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 most I've the closest I've come to moshing is at the Nickelback concerts. <laughs> hey, I could probably get a little rowdy depending on the songs. I was right at the the uh, barrier at the front, and my wife and I she looks around her, and everyone's kind of starting to like jump a little and i'm like hey hold on to this barrier and do not let go right and she's like okay what why why not and then like you know a couple minutes later she let go and some guy was like right and she and her her and i got separated a little bit right and and it was starting to get a little rowdy and so like i grabbed her arm for the crowd brought her back over like do not let go right and that was the only time i've been up front for that i was on the floor and a little bit back for Kiss, Led Zeb, uh, was it Kiss, Ted Nugent, and Skid Row? Ooh, that'd be a good lineup there. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Oh, I, I saw... I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I got, I, I got to meet Kim Mitchell a long time ago. I was maybe 10, and he had long hair back then. And so I was in Sault Ste. Marie in Ontario, and um, uh, we were at the pavilion. It was a free show, whatever. And uh, my dad... My dad's like, come take a look at this. And it was Kim Mitchell's bus. My dad knocks on the door. Little short guy comes out the bus. He's like, yeah. And he's like, my son just wants to know if he can like check out the bus. Right. And he's like, no. And then Kim Mitchell comes out. He's like, hell yeah, brother. Right. And then, and then, That's awesome. Gets, yeah, he gets off the, I never got on the bus though. He gets oh. off the bus and he's got like four women with him. Right. Just like <laughs> surrounded by women. And it's like, yeah that's badass right um i met uh trooper at the hot dog stand after a show once they were getting hot dogs they were past their prime they were playing a festival right and you know i was 12 or 13 and my dad was there and they were at the hot dog stand they signed a um they signed a drumstick for me the whole band yeah that's awesome that was pretty cool but metal Probably like the most famous like musician I say I would probably have met would have been uh, uh drummer is Vinny Apice. He played with like Black Sabbath with Dio in the early '80s on the Mob Rules album, but he was also the drummer on the iconic Dio album Holy Diver, which is okay. like a huge, huge like metal album. You know, just you yeah, haven't checked that one out. You might dig that one. All right, I I don't like the. I don't like the shit that I can't hear. They're screaming, and I'm like, ah, I can't hear what you're saying. <laughs> That's why you like Dio, because Dio can sing. He's a okay. true metal singer. All right, and the I guy saw... who created these, he made the metal horns. Oh, did he? Like, this is him? Like, yeah. Well, okay. Well, you were around for that? Were you when you were alive when this happened? Or no, that would have been in like late like seventies, early eighties type of thing. So I wasn't alive for that. I was okay. born in ninety one, sadly. <laughs> I missed out I, on the good years. I met, uh, fuck, who was that? Um, oh, Steven Tyler. I don't know how I didn't get a, an assault charge or something when I did it, but like, so he was at the Taste of Edmonton. He was going from Kamloops up to Fort Mac to play a show up there. And, uh, you know, everyone's surrounding him and just bothering him while he's trying to enjoy it. But he's also goofing off a little bit, posing for things. And so I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to meet this guy today, but like, I'm going to wait till no one else is around. So I kind of like hovered a little bit. I was far enough away and then I saw my shot. I ran up and I meant to tap him on the shoulder. I'm like, Mr. Tyler. And I grab his arm. It was supposed to be a tap right and he's like turns around he's like ah right and 
And I'm like, hey, man, I'm just wondering if I can get your autograph. And he's like, no, <laughs> no. And then it, I, he was with his son. I found out later it was his son, right? So I felt really bad, right? I could, I almost died. Steven Tyler almost killed me. Oh, death by Steven Tyler. That'd be pretty interesting. Yeah, so, it would be. <laughs> did he look as much like an old lady when you meet him in person as you see in oh, some yeah. of those pictures? <laughs> oh, yeah. he was. It was the middle of summer. So I think it was July or August. Whenever... Whenever the taste of Edmonton is, and he was wearing a fur coat, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, he was oh. wearing a fur coat, yeah, and and he had his glasses and his ball baller baller roller cap on, whatever the hell you want to call it, and you know his his lips were like they were fake, right? Like, oh, his big, right? Oh, his huge mouth too, and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been crazy. He's got a crazy image, crazy persona, lifestyle. But my God, can the guy sing and can still sing? Yeah, well, to this day. Yeah, that he's ninety percent preservative at this point, isn't he? Like, I think all those, like, like Mick Jagger, man, is that guy real? Or Keith Richards? Are those guys real? They're like I don't think so. They're like eighty years old. I, I hold by like the like you, you see the meme about Keith Richards that every time you have a cigarette, you know, you add another five minutes to his life. I think that's true because of like th- what those guys have been through and to still be alive, even yeah. look at like Ozzy, you know, Ozzy Osbourne's still around. Like, I thought that guy was gonna die a couple of years ago, like he was on the edge, right? Yeah. And I thought he was gonna die. I think that bat blood kind of like did something, it preserved him. He's still alive, it has magical powers. Like the the amount of drugs and alcohol that guys consume to still be in functioning, no, in, yeah. not just be here, but functioning. How okay, functioning? Like, yeah, his body's pretty functional, but like, do you understand what he's like? So hard to understand, but like, okay, so like, um, when I seen Black Sabbath when they came through Saskatoon, that was many years ago. He would talk on the mic; you couldn't understand a word he said barely anything but then he started singing and he was on his a game that night and it sounded exactly like the records and it's like you can sing perfect english but then you talk on the microphone we can't understand a goddamn (laughs) word you're saying (laughs) that was was an amazing show though it'd be like a newfie right (laughs) you can't understand what they're saying but boy when they lord thunder and jesus buys you know (laughs) Oh, you just nod and keep going with it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, that's awesome, man. So, um, what what is your idea of like the perfect like? Say you get up on stage, right? Like you've made it. You're at like Madison Square Garden with your band, and you're opening. Uh, you're not opening. You're you're the headliner. Hell, even if you're opening, what is your ideal show? Like, what what do you do? Do you break shit? Do you eat a bite a bat's head off? What, like, what is rock and roll to you? head banging and just getting going just losing it just trying to get the crowd going not jumping off of amps jumping off the drum risers and stuff like that just putting putting out energy so the crowd's kind of like oh you're putting out energy we got to put out some energy and then by the end of that set that's that's when everyone's like yeah that's it that was an awesome show because like some of the, my best shows that i've ever played is when the crowd is just as energetic as the band because the more energy you put out as a crowd member, the more energy the band's going to give back. Because it's like, hey, you guys are into this. Oh, we're going to get really into it. If you just stand around with your hands in your pocket, you're not going to get the most lively show out of a band. Oh, man. So how, how, 
how far do you take it? Like, how far can you take it? Like, how far are you willing to take it? I'd do some stage diving and crowd surfing and play playing guitar. That would be a fun time. Could you? Would you still play the guitar as your crowd surfing? Oh yeah, that'd be the fun part of it. That'd be the challenging part. So, so you would have to, yeah, because you'd have to stop, right? You'd have to stop playing the guitar, jump, make sure your guitar didn't hit anybody, and then you know remember where you were and or where you're at now, and then just start jamming while you're like on your back surfing, right? Or you just kind of, or I, I don't even think I would stop playing. It would just be like you'd kind of signal to that crowd to make that motion of like I'm coming out there, and most crowds are going to know like he's coming out here. We're going to catch him, and then just jump for it and see what would happen. Especially okay. if you were playing like a huge, huge show, like a Madison Square Garden type of thing. Yeah, that's your that's your shot. You got to do something a little crazy like that. Bring out some energy because then people be like, "Oh, these guys were awesome to see. They were jumping out in the crowd doing all this. We're gonna go back and see them again." Okay, so I'm gonna be following your socials a lot, and like I'm, I got your, I got notifications set for when you post on YouTube. So, yes. um, the rest of them are gonna come up now. When when you make it, you gotta give me a shout out first and foremost because like. That'd be so cool. Dick Frost, what's up, right? That'd, that'd be sick. But, like, I want to – maybe not. Maybe not. That sounds kind of cheesy. But, um, you know, uh, when when you do, you know, start touring with your band and, and original music, yeah, I don't care if it's original or not, your covers, but when you start making original music, I want to hear it for sure. But, like, oh, yeah. I, I want I want to know when you're on a tour. I want to be at a show. Not Maybe not your first one. Maybe your first one. Who knows? But that's yes. Oh, so like speaking of like original music, I do actually have one album out currently. Where so, is it? Like, so the stuff was on like iTunes and Spotify and everything, but the affiliate that I used to get that stuff posted on there discontinued that service. So all those songs came off of there. So Can I did have some stuff on, on some iTunes and Spotify. Wow. Okay. So and I do how, have like, do physical copies of my album as well. I'll have to mail you out one of those. Oh man, I would love that. Um, you know, like I, I kind, I have all kinds of music on my on my playlist and stuff like that that I like to listen to. You know, if I don't if I don't like it, I still play it in the background when I'm doing something else, right? And then you know, I find myself being like, I, I find myself, you know, subconsciously just being like, like catching tunes or whatever for like you know just you getting the beat and then and like right. where did i hear that okay i was just listening to this okay put it back on and find it and then you know yeah i i i love that stuff man and you and you would dig like my stuff like because it's instrumental rock is what it mainly is so it's the type of music that you just put on and let it play in the background and go about doing your stuff and it's sort of like that filler and everything and you kind of let your imagination run wild with what you're hearing is kind of the idea because each song kind of like I'd have a visual of what I want represented. So there was like one song on my album that I picture that you're driving in a convertible down like an ocean road or whatever with the wind blowing your hair back. So you were like, listen to that song, you'd hear that riff. And if you were to take that visual, you'd be like, okay, I can see what he's talking about. And I think so, that one is on my YouTube page. It's called uh, Sun and Shine. I, I don't have any hair to blow back in the wind, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I get, I get it. I'll wear a wig or something. I got a wig over there for TikToks. You know, that's that's exactly what it's for. So, <laughs> like, awesome. I'll just wear that. And the wig will blow away. I got two of them actually. I got uh, this green one, which is that's killer and stuff. Yeah, and then I don't know where the other one went to. Where's the other one? It's around here somewhere, anyways. Uh, 
Yeah, it's I, I got them given to me. Um, yeah, and they've been they've been an interesting part. I've, I haven't used the green one ever in a video, but I have used the blonde one a couple times. Ooh, green one. I'm gonna. I'll think. I'll think of something for you to use that for one day. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um. So I guess a couple more questions, and before yep. we let you go here, um, I, and this isn't really a question at all, but you, you and your, you and your, uh, soon to be wife, do you guys have any kids, or are you working on that? Not yet. No. Are you working on it? Uh, after we're married and everything. After you're married. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um. Uh, it's kind of the plans and everything. I got, I got two little girls and, you know, uh, I, I just know, you know, like someone in your situation, man, like, you know, what a perfect hobby to pass down to a, to a, to a son, you know, or daughter doesn't matter, but like, you know, little boys like to latch onto their father's hobbies or passions and just run with it. Right. And like I said, my buddy, Eric from the band April, that's where he got his from his dad's in a couple of bands. I don't know. Have you heard of spin dizzy or kill, kill, kill? Kill, 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 yes. That's him. That's his dad. That is crazy. Yeah, that's his dad. And and, and he's in the band too, I think, actually. And it's besides even like them picking up the passion, it's just being able to jam with them too. And maybe even write some music together. Like that would just be such a cool experience. Like especially if, you know, the first song they learn, be like, I remember like learning my first song and everything from start to finish and how proud I was of it, which was Hell's Bells, by the way. Yeah, yeah, that's the first song you learned, Hell's Bells? From, from start to finish, like, note for note. Like, I'd, I'd learned, like, little riffs from songs here, or, like, you know, faking it through songs, but as far as, like, uh, from the intro riff to Angus the guitar, guitar solos to the outro, I learned note for note, and that was that was the first one for me. How long did that take to get down-backed? That was a few weeks when, when then. Like, I was still, I was an okay guitar player, but that still took some time to like get every single note sounding exactly right. And if I messed up, it's like, oh, gotta start it over again. Cool. Now I can pretty much listen to stuff and just, oh, that's how you play it. <laughs> all right. So, all right. I usually like to end the podcast this way. Uh, sometimes it just ends up in the middle, depending on mm-hmm. the Italian, uh, depending on the Italian goodbye, which I'm horrible at saying goodbye. So it's kind of like, you know, but um, so America has the the Statue of uh, stat- yeah they have the Statue of Liberty too, but they have the Mount Rushmore right, where the foremost prominent people of in American history, right? People look up to, people inspire to be or draw inspiration from. Uh, who's on your Mount Rushmore and why? That'd be Dave Mustaine from Megadeth. That's huge up there. Um. Dave Murray and Adrian Smith from Iron Maiden. Those guys are stupidly high up there, too. Uh, Joe Satriani, he's an instrumental rock guitar player. Amazing and huge, huge influence for me there. Like, And then after that, that's when the list just starts getting crazy because then I can start mentioning guys like Steve Vai, Zach Wilde, who was like, like Ozzy Osbourne's guitar player, Black Label Society, just insane playing style that I just really love. Um, Jeff Loomis is another guy. Marty Friedman, who was a guitar player for Megadeth, and it just keeps going and going. But if I were to like pick like my kind of my big three almost for me, it would be like Damon Stain of Megadeth and the guitar players from Iron Maiden. Nice. Okay, that's cool, man. You know, like the, the mount the rock and roll, uh, the rock and roll Mount Rushmore. 
because you know then those are like my personal ones like if we were picking like you know like the rock and roll mount rushmore just in general it'd be a completely different list because then you got you guys like your jimmy page from your led zeppelin you got your tony iomi from black sabbath and you got the guys from the beatles you got your jeff Beck. you got your eric clapton you can't forget about clapton <laughs> who do you who do you model your guitar style af- uh, after or, yeah after if you could compare yourself to one legendary bassist, right? You're a bassist. Guitarist. Guitarist. Okay. If you can leg- you can compare yourself to one legendary guitarist. Who who is it? It would be Dave Mustaine of Megadeth. I like that hard hitting, like a little aggressive style, just in the, the way I play my solos. It just has this this certain sound where it just cuts through and that kind of how Dave Mustaine does. Like I play through different amps and different guitars and everyone's always just like, you just cut through always the same. It's just, that's my playing style. It's just that aggressiveness, even though I'm not a aggressive person per se, just the music that I just kind of love. And it's heavy and melodic at the same time. That's cool, man. That's really cool. I, I love that. Yeah, David saying I even got two of his signature guitars. <laughs> so have you ever met him? No, sadly I haven't. They are coming on tour and there was like a VIP package, but it's not a direct meet and greet. It's kind of like you stand behind like a velvet rope basically and you get like a group picture and that's Come not on, the man. experience I really want. Come on, man. You gotta rock and roll the shit out of that. You 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 know what? Fuck this velvet rope. You know what I mean? Just hop <laughs> on over and be like, I'm getting the meet and greet package I want. I missed my opportunity because I was in electrical school and I was budgeting because I'm on EI at that point. Yeah. Because it was the fifth time I'd seen Megadeth, and I said like, when I see him the fifth time, I'm gonna do the meet and greet. And it was a full on like meet and greet, one on one, blah da da. And I was think it was like, I want to say it was seven hundred bucks. But you got a guitar with that package. Plus the meet and greet shirt, like everything. And the guitar itself was a $600 guitar. Wow. So you were paying like next to nothing for the meet and greet and all the extras. And I'm like, I remember waiting in line to get into the show and then seeing one of the guys come out from the meet and greet holding the guitar box. And I'm like, that should have been mine. <laughs> and a big grin on his face too, because he probably got it signed and everything. Lucky That's butter. awesome, man. <laughs> well, buddy, th- this has been fun. And, you know, like I was... <sighs> I always say it. I'm a little nervous going into a podcast with anybody. Uh, I don't, I don't do my homework. I don't study. I don't, I, I like to wing it. I like to go in and just think on the fly. Right. I, I thrive in the chaos. Uh, this was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. I, I was a little nervous. You know what I mean? Cause like, Oh, me too. Um, yeah, dude. So I, this was I've this never was done anything fun. like this. Yeah. And you know what, man, honestly, uh, when, when you get bigger on TikTok, how many followers you got on TikTok right now? I, what am I sitting at? I had a couple hundred or something like that. I think I'm around there. Sometimes I get like, ooh, what, like the followers mixed up between different social platforms. It's like, yeah. I think I'm over 200 on the Instagram, but that always kind of fluctuates in everything too. When you get to a thousand followers on TikTok, go live, pl- play. So that's what you should be doing. You should be like going hard on TikTok, go live. And just start playing. Play the guitar. I bet you get thousands of people come in to watch that. Right? I've been thinking about that. And that's as soon as I have a little more consistent, almost like that fan base almost a little bit, you know, where I'm starting to see like a lot more like, you know, 20, 30 likes of the same kind of people type of thing, if not more. And that's like, 
all right, if I do a live, at least I'm going to get a few extra viewers because you don't want to do a live sometimes to get that discouraging one or two. And it's like, oh, dang it. <laughs> before we before we wrap this up, I forgot to say it way back there. Where can people find you on the socials? So you can find me on uh, Facebook at Senjin B, uh, t- Instagram at Senjin Boychuk, Twitter at Senjin B, and TikTok at Senjin Boychuk, and YouTube at Senjin Boychuk as well. So I'm, awesome. I'm across a lot of platforms and everything. When I, when I post this, uh, the video goes up on YouTube. And the podcast audio goes up other places. When I post the video, I will link your your uh, YouTube page to the video. So awesome! Yeah, man, it's super it's, excited. It's gonna be a lot of fun, man. I, I love doing this stuff. I love chatting with people. Anyone, all walks of life. Anyone that does anything, it's it's a lot of fun. And uh, so, yeah, I I'm pumped. I'm always pumped to to get up. Tuesdays, Tuesdays are release days. Uh, yeah, Tuesdays are release days at 5 p.m. Mountain Time. Every Tuesday, a podcast oh, comes nice. out. And uh, I had my first bonus episode. And my second bonus episode is going to be April 1st. It's not a scheduled time. But like, um, I wanted my buddy for Eric that's in April, uh, the band April. I want him to be April 1st, April the band. Oh, podcast that's so it's gonna be that'll be that'll be a bonus episode so there'll be two episodes that week and uh i'm pumped i'm just excited man you know what i mean um we're we're clipping along here we're having a good time so um, this is awesome and especially yeah. like i'll have to come back on for sure because once i get some stuff rolling with the new project that i got on the roll because i'm gonna want to brag it up and really spill the beans on what we're truly doing to bring some attention to it as well yes because the thing is, all I'm going to say is it's going to be pretty much we're playing songs that everybody's going to know. If you're like in a certain age demographic of like my age group, you're going to know every song, Well, which is going to be awesome. Also, when you get uh, more of a fan base too, right? Like when you get that, that, that uh, steady fan base. Uh, we can bring them in for a live stream of the podcast too. We've done a couple of those, you know, bring in the, for the, for the live stream and, and have people come kind of have like a live, a live show. You know what I mean? Oh, come, exactly. We'll, 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 we'll set it up and you, you can play live, right? And you, and hey, especially this is engine live. I got the setup here. I'm just even looking at it to be able to do a live recording, like setup like that and actually have it mixed decent too. <laughs> oh, that's cool, man. That's cool. Well, thanks for coming on, man. I, well, thank I, you for I really having like me. This, this is a blast. Absolutely, man. And hey, that intro song that you made, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play that every single time. I, I can use it, right? I'll use it on, oh, on future podcasts. Hundred percent. Use I'll it. Show use it. I'll shout you out every single time it plays, man. I, I am, give you full rights to use that bugger. <laughs> all right, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh yeah, you betcha, man. That's, all right, as boy. soon as you like ask for like an intro song, I'm just my brain went to. I got something sitting on the computer that I know you're going to hear and be like, oh, it's just that riff. It just has that intro sort of oh, vibe. Dude, almost. If I could come up with a word, it'd be orgasmic. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right, buddy. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Uh, Thank you for night. having me so much, man. And you stay frosty. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs>